Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mission Control, a podcast focusing on executive directors and nonprofit leaders and how they strive to make positive impacts in their community. I'm your host, Paul Schmidt, owner and creative video strategist for Introduce Multimedia. And I would like to thank or welcome, I mean, welcome and thank him as well. Thank him for being on the show, but welcome, Jose Moore. The executive director of All the Above Hip Hop Academy. Hey, Jose, how you doing? Doing well, man. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, the first thing I I start with, and each of these is, what is your mission? What is the mission of the organization? Yeah, um, to mentor youth, support artistic expression, and serve our community as a hip hop cultural resource. Uh, for the purpose of leadership development. Now, with that, all those resources, leadership development, hip hop culture, how did you come up with an organization that focuses on these aspects in this community? How did you, how did you formulate this is this because this is is this your baby is this you're the founder kind of yeah 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 i get that the the the, <laughs> the privilege of being a the uh the founder and executive director so you know uh needless to say <laughs> me on the clock is non-stop you know what i mean so <laughs> Um, no, you know, I think a lot of it was informed, uh, anecdotally, you know, just some of my experiences coming up in hip hop culture, where I would say I have been able to taste, um, you know, a sufficient level of success, although not being a household name, you know, and I think that concept, um, you know, just to read, to define what success is, to redefine what success is, you know. Um, so that's one part um, for 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 not only in hip hop or music or arts and entertainment, but just for the individual. So that's one piece that we that we kind of you know, hinge our work on. Um, but also the intersectionality found in hip hop practices that kind of like extend into other industries, other career paths. So even if you're not you know, trying to become a professional hip hop recording artist or, you know, a breaker or a graffiti artist, you know, you're not trying to make these these activities or these these art forms your your profession. There's learning and there's skill development that happens within the pursuit and the community building aspects of the culture, um, and, and the pursuit of your of your of your skills in it, um and the development of your skills, I should say, um, that you know, just kind of like seep into other industries, you know what I mean? And so making those connect, those connections more explicit for our uh, participants. Um, and for me, it was just kind of like, it was a, it was a, it was a turning point in my, in my, uh, you know, relocating here back in 06, um, as a full-time recording artist and traveling artist, um, having been able to see the world and, you know, have my, my flights, 
you know, have the, the, the promoters front the bill of my travel expenses and whatnot. And it's literally taken me all over the world, you know. So my, my worldview was was largely largely crafted and shaped by my time and experience in hip-hop culture and the communities I've been exposed to there. So at a point where I was wanting to kind of like be more stable and to have a family now, I want to be home, I want to be there for my kids as they're growing up, you know, it's like, what do I know? I know hip-hop, you know, hip-hop culture not just rapping and rhyme writing and you know um and the uh the, the musical aspect of it but the whole cultural piece you know the graffiti art the djing the emceeing um the, the breaking the knowledge aspect and 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 all the other different elements of hip-hop but those core pieces ended up being the the foundation of of our us developing all the above hip-hop academy so one part anecdotally one part just real just you know, being here in Lansing and recognizing that there's, a, there's tons of resources here um, as a artist myself, realizing that there was kind of a revolving door of support coming through MSU that sustained the, the community at the time where I was most active. And so it was like, well, how do we invest locally through something I know, you know, with a handful of people who I know are passionate about this work as well? You know what I mean? So started looking out and uh, kind of identifying like-minded individuals who share the capacity for positive outcomes and, and using their hip-hop platforms to as, as conduits for positive outcomes and just started bonding with them and, and, and pitching this idea. What if we started like working with youth and passing along our knowledge and, and creating opportunities for them, you know, and some years later become a nonprofit organization where we're able to do that with, you know, um, and it be sustained and, uh, and growing and, and reaching out to more kids and, and having more of an impact. So that's it in a nutshell. But yeah, it was, you know, kind of informed by my personal experiences and, and seeing a need in the capital city for um, some programming like this or uh, opportunities like this. You know, they aren't just like a one-off thing. It's something you can count on to be um, almost an institution in the community that does this work. You know what I mean? I do. And one of the things that makes this extra unique, I'm going to step back to little things that you slid in there. You slid in there in this, in this opening statement <laughs> that we're going to touch on. Yeah. And one of them is where, where did you come from? You said that you weren't from here. Where yeah. did you come from? Yeah. I'm and how did Seattle. you land here? No, no, it's great. Thank you. Uh, I'm from Seattle, Washington. I relocated to Lansing, uh, a transplant by marriage. You know, so my wife and her family, they're all from here. They also have roots to the Pacific Northwest. And I met my wife uh, while living in Portland, Oregon. And, uh, you know, we got engaged and it was like, you know, how would you feel about you know, relocating to my hometown. I was like, never heard of it. Let's do it. You know, um, got here and, and, uh, the rest is history. <laughs> you know, I can't <laughs> lie. There was, there was times where we tried to move back. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if this is working out. Let me gotta get back to the Northwest. Yeah. Um, but you know, we bought a home here and that kind of changed everything. Right. We became homeless and we became invested in the community. And that really changed my whole outlook as in terms of our place here and, and how to make it count in, had to be a value and of service, honestly, to, to this community I've grown to really love. 
And the other thing is that you kind of slid in there was <laughs> that you traveled um, and you saw the world through uh, through the lens of hip hop. What exactly does that mean? What did that mean? What What were you doing? I was performing, uh, doing shows, touring, you know, uh, rapping in front of audiences who didn't share the same first language as me, you know what I mean? Um, But realizing that music truly is the universal language and for there to be packed out, sold out shows in Shibuya, you know, Japan, um, people I've never met um, who don't speak my language, but we're rocking out nonetheless and making every effort possible to to uh communicate and connect after the show was just like eye-opening you know because i find that you find out that hip-hop is although a folk a folk art form an american folk art art form um what what hip-hop embodies is this opportunity for pressure release, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you realize that everybody on the planet deals with pressure, you know what I mean? And not everybody has the platform to express that pressure or to have a valve to let that out, you know? And and hip hop is birthed out under that pressure, you know what I'm saying? Um, South Bronx, early 70s, late 60s, you know, the pressure couldn't be any more crazy for, you know, uh, urban America, you know, for black and Latino America, uh, or black and Latinx communities um, in America, especially the South Bronx, you know. So you see the, 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 the blueprint um, being so closely um, connected to our human needs to dance, to be seen, to be recognized, to have a voice, to 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 be understood and to understand, you know what I'm saying? So um, you kind of boil down what hip hop can do at its base form and what it, and what it offers participants and fans an opportunity to engage in. And you see why it's a global phenomenon. You know what I mean? So those aspects and those, and those pieces really helped inform AOTA too. You know, this global perspective that can be shaped through, you know, um, you know, uh, just considering the globe, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, considering places outside of your neighborhood and your own personal experiences while addressing your own personal narrative and needs and experiences. You feel me? So, yep, absolutely. So with this organization that you've built, you mentioned the term community building. What does that mean to you and to AOTA? What does that mean? Gosh, that's such a good question. I think we we do it without an academic response or an academic, you know, definition to community or what that means. But in a nutshell, it has been gathering folks and identifying folks who have some of the same interests and those interests not being exclusive to any practice, you know what I'm saying? Or it's not it's not as niche as it would seem because so many pieces of hip hop culture spill into like because it's rooted in the human experience, those intersections are a lot a lot more uh they're clearer than than people would give them credit for. You know what I'm saying? And so we use kind of hip hop culture as this piece to 
to expose all the good it can do in our society, you know, outside of, you know, what it has a track record for, what, you know, um, pop culture or, you know, the commercialization of the culture has alluded to, we know different, you know what I'm saying? We who are in it, we know different. And that's what we are making more widespread. That's the narrative that we are um, broadcasting. It's not saying that hip hop is all positive. I'm not, that's not the case. The case is that there's building blocks within hip hop culture that speak to human needs, regardless of where you're from and what you've experienced. Everybody knows pressure. That's my, that's my argument. And um, we give credit where credit's due. We definitely, we definitely celebrate hip hop culture as black culture, um, black and Latinx culture birthed out of the South Bronx, you know, at a very specific time in American history. But we also celebrate it as being um, transcultural in a way, you know, um, and, it, and it being able to, um, for the world to participate. And we also, you know, in, in a way that, that, and so I think backtrack a little bit. We also really, really um, make explicit the history of the culture and where it's from. So not to lose those pieces. You know what I mean? So you can participate. Yes, but we will be honoring the foundation. We will be honoring the architects. We will be honoring these pieces that make the culture what it is. We will not allow for our participants not to know these pieces or to celebrate those pieces. Um, I guess allow is a heart, but we will not, you will not be in an AOTA session without being made aware of these pieces. So anyway, um, hopefully I answered your question, man. I just kind of got derailed. Every, everything kind of has these multiple like layers and avenues you can go with the answer. So hopefully I'm answering your questions, man. That is okay. I think you answered like 40 other questions that people might have. So, so that's, uh, that's okay. I think that I, but I do feel, I think where I wanted to bring this toward is you had, you had it right at the top when you said there's different definitions that, that can answer that question of what is community building. And I wanted to hear your definition because it's not black and white. Or when it comes to community building, because there's different communities and there's different ways to build them. So yeah. it's about, you know, that's what I wanted to hear from you. So this is a brand new organization. This is your first or, or well, I don't want to say that. Is this your first nonprofit organization that you've ever started? Yeah, I had no no ambitions or even thought, inclination, anything to even consider nonprofit work, you know, outside <laughs> maybe years ago right so you know new organization you're a a transplant into lansing Mm -hmm. how was this organization received um i think early on we had had to do a lot of explaining as to how hip-hop could be a positive force in society um we're having to do that less now Mm-hmm. As you know, some of the people who are making the decisions have their own experiences in hip hop, so there's less explaining to do because they've experienced it. At one point in time, we were walking into, you know, offices full of suits um, who had very, la- very like a like the proximity to the culture was, um, you know, just just really wasn't there outside of watching like TV or listening to the radio. But um, I think that this, the community 
received it well. You know what I mean? Um, especially because it was it was built and developed for and by community members. You know what I mean? Um, and so local artists, there's a lot of transplants, I'm not gonna lie, in, in our fold, but they're all people who have who care enough about Lansing to to show up and do the work and to identify what other resources we have and bring those folks in to help inform the direction of the organization. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I felt to answer your question, I feel we've been received pretty well. Man. I'm, I'm very grateful for it. So this being the first nonprofit that you've founded and mm-hmm. the fact that this wasn't initially part of your plan. Yeah. What was the, what did you learn right off the bat? What was, what was the, the thing that smacked you right in the face and you're like, whoa, I didn't even think about that. That 90% of my life would be in meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize how many meetings a person can be in in one day or in a week. You know what I mean? Uh, somebody told me, it was like, yo, Lansing loves to meet. They love meeting. When I first started, like people just love meetings. I'm like, okay, I mean, what's a meeting? <laughs> um, you know, and I know now. I know exactly. I know exactly what a meeting is. You know, I can't say that I'm the best at it, but you mm-hmm. know, you know, we get together, we 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 think through ideas, and we just put it to action, make it happen. That's my that's my thing. Let's go. This is less less talking, more do it. You know, um, obviously there's strategy and planning and that sort of thing, but. You know, at the end of it all, um, I learned that, you know, one, we like to meet, but there's a lot of great resources here in our community. I learned that there's a lot of people who want the same thing. And I've also learned that some of the people sitting in executive positions and at the table making the decisions don't know. (laughs) Uh, And that's... That was, you know, you kind of give people the benefit of the doubt, like surely you're in this position because you earned it and you know what to do. So, you know, and I think uh, there's a lot of people who profess who are very good at at formalities. They understand the how they understand the processes of how to conduct or how to build a scenario where you will get bright ideas and great ideas and good information and some ac- excellent like takeaways and next steps. But sometimes those next steps are empty. Sometimes those solutions aren't the best solution. You know, I don't claim to have them all, but that was something that was new for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I think I kind of gave people the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, you're in this position because you know, you know what's up. You know what we need. And you're like, wait a minute. No, you don't. <laughs> um, wow, I'm so glad I get to be here just to shed some light on a piece you didn't consider. You know, um, not to say I have the answers at all, but, you know, so I learned that too, man. Those are kind of the things, and, and and that helped inform why something like AOTA is so important, you know, giving platforms to youth to have a voice and to connect with local, other organizations who believe the same thing and just want to make whatever resource they have at their disposal available, you know, to better the community and to better our homes and to build equity in our, in our, in our, in our communities, you know what I mean? So I learned all that right wow. out the gate. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that is a really good description of, (laughs) I never really thought about it, but yeah, you're right. Folks here in Lansing really sure like the meat. Actually, I think it might just be a Michigan thing. I don't know. But anyway, so 
Um, what about obstacle? What do you feel was your biggest obstacle? Mm, the biggest obstacle has been um, transitioning from what appeared to be after school hip hop uh, extracurricular activities to being what's more accurate in our description or in the way we view what we do and, you know, um, as being an equity building mechanism, a community building mechanism, a, um, economic, a, 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 a economic stimulating, economic stimulator, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, um, and preventative work too. You know, this work we're doing with youth, giving people something to do that's positive, constructive, and is focusing on the well-being of their whole self is is far more than just let's get together and write some raps and make some beats after school and break days. You know what I mean? Um, it's more or less like let's use this as a medium to connect, to speak the same language, but let's take it a step further. Let's actually mentor. Let's actually make ourselves available to leverage our resources for the for the development and betterment of the next generation you know what resources we do have and if we don't have the resources we find other folks who do and we bring them into the conversation you know what i mean um so i i say the biggest the biggest hurdle was making that transition from being and and the summer of 2020 did that you know, and I'm, you know, you're hoping it's not just a trend, this DEI initiative and, and all of that. You know, it's like we've been on that since the beginning. You know, some folks are just kind of, you know, that just being hip or being made hip or privy to, you know, how important <laughs> the conversation of diversity, equity and inclusion, you know, is, you know. But we just so happen to be getting a lot of support through these initiatives um, and being able to really make a case for how what we do um, is in alignment with, with, with um, strengthening those efforts. Um, yeah. So. Well, let's go into uh, talk a little bit about the collaborative aspects that you've been able, the positive collaborative collaborative aspects that you've been able to enjoy while building this, organization and and help that you've had from the community talk a little bit more about how how you've uh, had these experiences with other organizations to help you grow and learn from yeah yeah you know some some of these some of these relationships from our non-disclosures <laughs> so we can't talk about right but for the ones that we that that champion our work and we champion theirs you know the lansing promise you know um the homies at one love global um you know um the village lansing you know um um uh, the firecracker foundation you know one of the a huge one the piece to tashmika for being a mentor to me you know uh let's see uh, MSU FCU has been a support. The Community Foundation has showed us love. Um, Arts Council, you know. So I mean, from organizations to corporations, the Blue Owl has really showed us love and supported us, you know, and, and countless others. You know, there's a lot of folks who show up and to do a, a shout out list off the cuff. It's like I need to go to my to <laughs> I gotta go to the book and 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 uh, recall all these names, but. A lot of folks here in Lansing have 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 uh, have welcomed our work um, with open arms and have supported us for a long time. 
and it seems that we're getting more traction with that. You know, they say they say support attracts support, or money attracts money, and you know, resources attract resources. And it, you know, not having resources, you don't know even where to start. You know, with that concept, you're like, well, how do I get resources to attract resources? Mm-hmm. And our mode was just show and prove. You know, 110 percent every time we show up. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's, and we tell our kids that, whether you're rocking for a crowd of 10 or 1,000, you know, or 10, yeah, 10, 1,000, sorry. That's okay. This We're, isn't a, this isn't a math podcast. It's all good. It was like 10 and 10. It just made sense. To say 10, <laughs> you know what I mean? You? Yep, uh, absolutely. You know, it's just that idea though, man. You just show up with your, you know, in the best version of you that you can muster and do the best you can. And eventually that level of quality and play, play as a team, collaborate. I think there's no way we could be doing what we're doing without the support of not only our crew um, and AOTA Creative, our 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 our, our community, um, but all the all the partnerships. There's no way. There's absolutely no way you cannot do this kind of stuff alone. You know what I'm saying? And so, building into who you are and your identity, you need to consider collaboration out the gate. Mm. You know, just it's the most important aspect. One of the most important aspects. And then, you know, having a clear defined goal as to what people are collaborating on. But that collaboration piece is crucial. So we're so thankful. We're really, really thankful. Well, speaking of clear and defined goal, what is your your uh, goal and what does the future of AOTA look like? Man. So if you can imagine the YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, what they are to rec sports and after-school activities. You know, we want to be that for hip-hop culture and community building, urban arts, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Institution where, you know, you can come and get classes and you can come to a seminar. You can come and get some resources and get plugged in to uh, opportunities in the community, you know. Um, You can come and do a show, you know what I'm saying? You can put on an event. You know, um, you can access resources found in in the hip hop, um, in hip hop culture that that ethos um, through AOTA, through all the above hip hop academy and our partners. You know what I mean? Um, and then with a mix of like 4H, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, where you have this real intentional mechanism um, designed to help young people discover career paths through our programs. Um, not explicit um, or, or, you know, 100% specific to hip hop culture, but the other different career opportunities that you might be learning or developing some tools and in, in, um, perspectives on that would carry over and translate pretty, pretty seamless into these other opportunities, you know? So I would say those are, those are, <laughs> I don't know how clear that was, but if you get the picture, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, that's where we're going, you know what I'm saying? And we're, and we're not trying to blow up and blow out. We're doing this incrementally. So one step in front of the other, we're being really strategic as we, as we grow and develop aligning ourselves with, with like-minded folks and, and, you know, not making commitments we can't, we can't make good on um, and not trying to, you know, accelerate too fast, man. We're in it for the long haul. This, the, the goal for this is to outlive me or anybody else who's in this right at this current moment, you know? So succession planning is a real conversation right now. Like how does somebody else step into my role when I'm done and carry the torch even further than we did or I did, you know what I mean? 
Um, and that's what we're talking about across the board. No pun intended, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. No. Well, I mean, seeing in what you're doing um, and hearing how you're talking about it, you as uh, the founder, executive director, are going to be huge influence on the youth that come through your programs or interact with you in the way that you're out in the community. But one thing they, I did not ask um, yet was who were your influences hip-hop culture-wise coming up as a youth, going into the profession, and now? Uh, so, again, my, 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 the way I look at hip-hop is kind of more, more holistic than, you know, um, than what is, I guess, popular, you know? So when people say hip-hop, they automatically gravitate. What's your top five MCs of all time? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but people who really um, influenced me, uh, you know, you have folks like Cool Herc, you know? Um, the visionary Cool Herc, you know? Uh, Godfather of hip-hop Cool Herc, you know, who, who kind of made some connections. It was like, you know, this, this is something here. You know what I'm saying? We're getting people together. Organic community building. You know, um, you have uh, B-boys like Poe One of Style Elements Crew, who at 50, 50 years old is still breaking, still teaching and and still mentoring youth. Pat, he's one of the greatest breakers on the planet. You know what I'm saying? These OG breakers, one of the most influential. And he's still giving to the community. You know what I mean? You have folks like Totem One, graffiti artists out of out of uh, out of. Um, out of Atlanta, who's a b-boy, you know, graffiti artist, you know, embodies the culture, but still top of his game. Hey, like nobody's really fading him on the wall. Like, you know, so not only is he an inspiration, but he's still working on his craft. He's still polishing his 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 gift. You know, uh, so there's a lot of po- folks who who influence me for different reasons, um, but they all kind of come back to um, this attitude of giving back. And also being a lifer in this, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a life. I'm this hip hop is who I am. I am this culture. I am a part of this culture. So it's not. I don't stop rapping. I might not rap as much, but I always pick up a pen and try to express myself. I always do some graffiti here and there because it's part of my culture. It's part of who I am. Just like a guitar player would, you know, no matter if they were in a rock band when they're early 20s and now they're 60 years old, they still pick the guitar up and play. We look at hip-hop culture kind of the same way. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, it's a youth, youthful culture mm-hmm. developed by youth. But as it gets older, pushing 50 now, hey, mm-hmm. those youth are old men, old women, old people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and hip-hop extends beyond um, vocation and industry. It's culture. You know what I mean? Um, gosh, man, I hope I answered your question. I, <laughs> you I'm, did. I'm, you did. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. It's all good. But unfortunately, we got to wrap. We got to wrap this yeah. up. And so, how? What is the best way for people to connect with you and or your organization? Uh, Instagram, uh, most active there, AOTA Hip Hop, at sign AOTA Hip Hop. Um, you can connect with me personally at Oze underscore more, M O O R E. That's O Z A Y underscore M O O R E. 
You can find us online at uh, allofthebovehiphop.org. And uh, yeah, come, come, come get with us. We're, we're, we're open arms around here, you know? So if you're interested in volunteering, you can go to our website. There's a volunteer portal there. Um, submit what you're into, how you would like to get involved, and we'll be in touch, you know? That's great. Well, thank you very much, Jose. I know that we'll have plenty of conversations going forward that we couldn't capture the whole thing here. But thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Paul. I appreciate you, man. All right. And thank you all again for taking some time to listen to this program. Don't miss the next episode coming out in a couple weeks. And if there's someone that you know of that you would like to hear about their journey, or if you want to talk about your journey as a nonprofit professional, please email us at missioncontrol at introduce.com. And if this is your first time here, please subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform and give us a positive review. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time in the Control Center. Have a good day.